This week's episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by you. That's right, we're on Patreon now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. For as little as $5 a month, you can help our show and get all kinds of great extra content on top of that. We've got a ton of great bonus content waiting for you right now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where there's more than one way to get high baby I'm your host erotic American Bob Mackey and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of the Simpsons Who else is here with me today? Uh, Henry Gilbert and I'm using my whole ass this episode <laughs> Certainly is and who else? Mount Seldom Chris Antista <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is Grandpa versus Sexual Inadequacy and that's what this episode is all about. <laughs> it aired on December 4th, 1994, and as always, Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. <gasps> oh my God. Balls is swinging Bobby. The game show at Network is on the air. The Lion King is also breaking box office records, and the 69 boys worm their way into our hearts with Tootsie Roll, while Heidi Wood Madam Heidi Fleiss is convicted of three counts of pandering. Pandering? Yeah. Pandering. Is that a legal uh, a term? I don't know. Man, I did not. I, I, I don't know. Don't, know don't tell Big it. Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. <laughs> they're gonna, they uh, jail for life. <laughs> summarily executed. Buzzinga. Hey, oh God, we're just we're in the new era of Young Sheldon now <laughs> as well. But uh, Lion King was inescapable. It was everywhere. Though I just heard uh, about how Pocahontas internally at Disney was seen as the good one, and everybody else, like people who worked on the Lion King, were like. Who shows on Pocahontas? Shows what the fuck you know. Jesus. They thought that, movie, that, that movie sucks. It they thought suck. it was going to be the Oscar winner. They're like, if we're ever going to win an Oscar, it'll be for Pocahontas. And I can see why. The movie was really a lot about um, environmentalism and, yeah. and racism, mm-hmm. too. And, and they're both like, that's sides-ism 90s gold. Too. Both yeah. sidesism. And can't we all forgive each other? Maybe the invaded are just as guilty as the invader. Oh, yeah. And in hindsight, oh. a healthy dose of whitewashing and boredom. Yes, it's also uh, just mega boring. Pocahontas was a bald child that a white man married yes it's not that romantic not a victoria's secret she's model. not kim kardashian like she is in the movie uh I mean, milan's the one you're thinking of. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the good one mm-hmm. well and also the game show network i i watched a lot of game show oh, what a network. pile of shit huh it, yeah it was but it's is <laughs> if you have to watch something before but it's astonishing a, a, a channel made up of the crap channels used to fill time in between good shows. Yes. Yeah. A whole channel made up of that and I have never watched it. I just love uh, watching the ones from the 70s. They're I like, do like that. You're going to win $500. Whoa! Making whoopee. That was, that was one of my favorite underrated SNL sketches which honestly is a very childish sketch but it was a you're watching the Game Show Network, and, the, and it's an old 70s thing. And it was really about making women had to pretend to do, like, lick an ice cream cone. And, and then they obviously look like they're sucking dicks. And so yeah. that was the joke, which, eh, whatever. But the better joke was that they would say, like, and if, all right, you win our grand prize, $50. I'm going to Disneyland. Does it exist yet? Uh, yeah. Okay. And, and this was in the 70s. I'd rather watch 70s ones, 50s ones of like, eh, this is too boring. I'm going to Marineland. <laughs> 
So this episode is a Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein special uh, because it is about old people and it has a lot of <laughs> '70s references in it, as oh. is the uh, first movie that we see. That is, that is true. Well, first I wanted to say this episode is a special one to me mm. because by the date that we did this, I know that this was the last time my grandfather visited us to, uh, at my family's house in in Florida. Did he like being reminded well. about a sexual anatomy? <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird episode to watch. I got to say. I, I, I think I did watch this with my parents. I didn't feel shame or anything. Maybe they just handled it well. Well, so my papa daddy was in town. That was wait a uh, minute. Yes, I sort know. of like corrupt governor. <laughs> well, this is. I read a, uh, somebody goofed about this on Twitter, but it is totally like having a southern friend. They'll eventually just oh, say yeah. like, "Well, that was my peepaw and meema." Like they, you'll just eventually hear them <laughs> call their grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> and I called mine papa daddy because he was my Ugh. father's daddy. He was. Papa Daddy. Still scream that out during sex. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he never came to visit us. Like, we're not particularly close in our family, but we do like to pretend we are. So he came to visit, and we were just doing stuff. He he hated his time here. He would com- We went to, like, we went to a catfish restaurant that we thought he'd really like, and he just complained the entire time. He's like, whenever you order fish, you're supposed to get bread with him. He insisted they give him... hush puppies! <laughs> he insisted they give him a slice of bread with his fish. It was so crazy. This disagrees with Papa Daddy. <laughs> and, and so then, uh, even with him there, we were certainly not going to miss a new episode of The Simpsons in my house just because mm. Papa Daddy was there. And he liked to eat early. So we watched the episode, and I remember it so clearly. We're in my living room in front of our big 32-inch television, and it's my dad, my grandfather, oh, and me. And I don't know what this episode's about. <laughs> the effrontery of making fun of Mosh, rinky-dink. Well, so my fortunately, Papa Daddy in it's a, a terrible impression. Your grandfather really enjoyed like it. it in in a very and in a very Abe Simpson way. My my Papa Daddy falls asleep after the first joke. Oh, thank God! He just nods off. Which, in retrospect, I was very happy that happened. <clears throat> and, but then it was just so weird. I'm watching this episode with my dad, and it is about your. A guy Homer's age having a difficult relationship with his grandfather and then trying to improve his relationship with his son mm-hmm. or his children. I was like, this is too similar to our situation that we can't Oof. talk about it. Oof. We can't, re- it's this giant yeah. elephant in the room that we can't recognize. This is making me real glad I watched these <laughs> largely alone. Yes. This episode is about sex, but it's mostly about uh, Homer repairing relationships with all of his family members. Or yeah. attempting to. Through yes. sex. Yes. Yeah, through sex. But, uh, so yeah, let's get, let's, why don't we hear the one joke my grandfather heard? We now return to the 1971 film. Good Time Slim, Uncle Doobie of the Great Frisco Freakout, starring Troy McClure. Slim, if we've got the bag with the stolen diamonds, then what happened to the bag with our stash? There's more than one way to get high, baby. Great San Francisco. Ooh. Please, Marge, how often can I see a movie of this caliber on late-night TV? Is there something wrong, homie? No, it's just that I've only seen this movie twice before, and I've seen you every night for the last 11 years. What I meant to say is, uh, we'll snuggle tomorrow, sweetie, I promise. Wow, does that sum up a lot? Jesus Christ. <laughs> this, this movie, it's sort of like a take on, uh, what, Freebie and the Bean or Mother Jugs and Speed Freebie or one of those so ridiculously good. named uh, 70s movies about a heist or... Crazy Mary and Larry. No, not that Dirty one. Mary, Crazy Larry. Yeah. Not a goddamn thing. I, but uh, that's a line from the film, Peter Fonda. <laughs> but if you have an over-the-air antenna, that is still 
television. Mm. It's insane how much seven fifty to seventy television I can watch now, but from getting an over the air antenna. This reminds me of what every movie was during a weekend afternoon. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm not watching. It's this. like just above Mitchell. Yeah, like all the time. <laughs> I mean, that's how MST3K got most of its movies, mm-hmm. or a lot of its movies were garbage uh, that could only barely be dumped on mm-hmm. U- UHF daytime television. Affordable trash. Mm-hmm. Or uh, my favorites of those type of films were ones that were clearly a pilot for a TV show that didn't go. Like uh, <laughs> Driving with Danger. The the no. Shake Hands with Danger. No, I wasn't thinking Shake Hands. The, the one about the Riding wannabe, with Death. Riding, riding with, with Death. death. Yeah, the, the wannabe $6 million man show that was also about trucking. It's great. It, it, it reminded me of that. But the... <laughs> But meanwhile, the Homer and Marge thing, I think it's an interesting reversal that, like, Marge wants sex, and yeah. Homer's just like, eh, eh. This is sort of what makes The Simpsons the, the better show of the 90s, or one of the best shows of the 90s, because uh, in the 90s, and previously to the 90s, but in the 90s especially, the gender politics were... Uh, women never want to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. You have yeah, to trick them a. into having sex with you, and they mm-hmm. don't like it. Mm-hmm. The Simpsons is like, no, women can enjoy sex, and women can want to initiate sex, and men can be the one who are like, I don't want to do this, or I'm too yeah. lazy, or that's too much work, or I'm not in the and mood, And then into the 90s, the male impotence joke, which this show doesn't really make. No. It's something you don't realize until you date someone or live with them for a long time. I, I was just watching a movie, got mm-hmm. drunk, and forgot to get intimate. <laughs> and that's what the drug is for, to make you super feisty. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is pre-Viagra. Yeah. So, uh, Viagra changed Americans, like, in comedy especially. In, in yes, uh, a good five solid years of old men getting boner jokes. I love that, jo- I'd love that joke on uh, a late Simpsons, and by late I mean ten, nine seasons, <laughs> but... Where Marge said, I never heard so many Viagra jokes in one minute. Like, yeah. That is that is what comedy was. But but then Homer well, one that Homer says, I've seen you the last eleven years, like yeah. that that assumes he's only the first time they had sex was when they joined the Castle Club and created Bart. Mm. That that's uh, And they were together like eight years before. From seventy four to eighty. Yeah. And uh, which I For six years. I guess they It's could, best not to do the math. It would be weird if they didn't have sex that long. Even if they tried to put puritanical politics on Mars. I started watching the show with that 90s show, so my timeline's all messed up. <laughs> it is weird. There are basically six unex- unexplored years of their lives mm-hmm. where they're together without children. That's and true. That are never acknowledged. They should do six seasons of that. That I, should I'd be like the it. show. Uh, just wait until this gets canceled. <laughs> no. but, but Homer should have used their dead sex life as proof that he hadn't sexually harassed her because he's like, no, my, my dick's dead. I can't I even imagine. Like, uh, I, I feel bad for Mars that she constantly is just like Sue let's have sex it seems to imply at least six months go by that they yeah. never have sex and Marge is so uh, ready for sex she's willing to let Bart endanger his life by going on the roof yes. when he thinks he sees a UFO yeah. and he just he just falls off the roof and they don't <laughs> seem that alarmed they're like oh I guess Bart fell off the house yeah well and it's also extra sexy of when they're like don't turn on the light don't turn on the light <laughs> like Though I also I can absolutely identify with Homer, your partner wanting to be in the mood in the mood, and you're just like enchilada. <laughs> it is weird. I never thought anything would be more important than sex. And like, then I got Netflix and uh, delivery food, and, and I could marijuana. buy all the booze and marijuana I wanted, and video games. Oh my god! I saw I saw a friend who recently just said like I'd rather have a pres- professional massage than sex. <laughs> it, it would be preferable. Uh, I can't even. I, that's more expensive than sex these days. Absolutely. I would think. Yeah. Well. Well, and speaking of Bart's obsession with aliens, that was another thing that happened to me as a kid. I don't know if it happened to you guys. Totally. Like, I got obsessed would get all these stupid, awful books in the library because mm-hmm. apparently anybody can write. Anybody and everybody will write a book about UFOs. 
and I would just wait on the roof to see if anything happened. Well, and and not just UFOs. I definitely liked UFOs, but like I watched Unsolved Mysteries yeah, and believed all of me. it. It scared everything. Yeah. My, my mom just told me a story about Unsolved Me and Unsolved Mysteries I had forgotten, which was I watched one about a guy who kidnaps children and that I, for a long time, told her, like, well, no, don't leave the window open at night. Like, somebody could come in yeah. and kidnap me. Like, don't do it. Like, she told me I was a the aliens, The Sasquatch that never scared me I remember specifically it was one unsolved mysteries where a woman washing dishes was shot through her window with no suspects and for no reason Jeez. and, and at, at like yeah. seven years old I'm like I don't want to be near any windows at night ever again that's the true terrifying thing of unsolved mysteries mm-hmm. like it's not well I don't understand I don't understand the sphinx it is I don't understand how someone could do random violence to yeah, another yeah. person for no reason and it could be me and I remember I had stopped sleeping with stuffed animals This and it gets even creepier <laughs> and I had to start again and i don't know why i chose it i chose this awful terrible cheap ass chucky e. cheese doll and i'm talking old school fucking dead eyes and derby hat chucky e. like cheese five nights at freddy's action figure it is a fr- <laughs> okay. and, and, and i did i didn't feel safe so i ripped his eyes off i ripped his wow. eyes off so i wouldn't be shot in my sleep what the fuck was wrong with my brain and chris did not grow up to be a serial killer <laughs> at, at least as far as we know not yet <laughs> that's I'm what, saving that that's yeah. what tv can do to kids man it, think, it is it does influence children man it does but i think it's smart that they they plant this seed in bart's brain the uh, believing in UFOs as early as possible in, in the uh, in the episode, it's very smart. Yeah, it's it's a it's good writing, and then also that yeah, Marge is so thirsty that she mm. will let ba- Bart perhaps die just to get her rocks off. But Homer's already out of the mood; like he's already deflated <laughs> by the time she comes back. And as a super nerdy uh, note, a rare appearance of a television in Marge and Homer's bedroom. That's true. It's always yeah. in someone's bedroom when they need it. Yeah, well, if he needs to eat a bunch of food in bed while watching, or cops, somebody's sick. Yeah. Also, though, I think Marge should have just let Homer watch a porno in bed. Like, that was the first time he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, no, a tasteful book. Like, yeah. Come on, Marge. If you really want it, like, this is the first time Homer showed any interest. That's watch what it porn takes. together. That's what yeah. it takes. Marge so, is too much for prude, I think. I, in that case, she definitely is. And so... Uh, so then they go to the bookstore and uh, Homer, I, as a kid, I always thought like this, I didn't ever hear it as this guy looks like a poo on my first watch. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought it sounded like this guy looks like a poo or like, look, I never like heard it. a piece it, of poop? I guess. Okay. I, I don't know how I heard it, but I didn't read it as... These in these people in the Kama Sutra look like our Indian friend Apu. Ah, uh, okay. Which uh, is it also shows you how much they counted on the audience at this point. Like Apu's not in this episode. They just are like, you know, if you're a viewer, you know who Apu is, and this won't just sound like a random thing Homer says. Yeah, they're not putting him in the store to <laughs> give you a visual reference. Uh, but anyway, so then the family buys books together. This one's a good choice, and it's not too smutty. It's a book on tape by Paul Harvey. You know that nice Midwestern man on the radio who's like a pleasant version of Grandpa? Ooh, Mr. and Mrs. Erotic American. <laughs> Mom! Dad! Look, this biography of Peter Uberoth is only 99 cents, and I found the new Al Gore book. Same planning, sensible tomorrow. Yeah, I hope it's as exciting as his other book, mm-hmm. Rational Thinking, Reasonable Future. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge government conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. X-Files music. Data transmitting. How is this? Mr. Vice President, someone finally bought a copy of your book, sir. (laughs) Well, this calls for a celebration. (laughs) 
will. <laughs> it's a good I, Al Gore. It's great, and I just I've, I'm I so will. familiar familiar with that clip. I will. I will. I forgot the setup entirely. I, for, <laughs> I forgot that the joke was. I don't know. That's so. That's so good. It's such a good joke. It's such a good joke that you think that this will prove the setup is that this proves there is a conspiracy about the yeah. UFO, but it it's really that somebody actually bought Al Gore's book, which I did look <laughs> up what Al Gore books are. Uh, so Al Gore had published some books as a senator, but at this time when he was vice president. Pretty much he did reports that then would be published as books mm. you could buy that I think maybe he didn't even make money off of because he was vice president. But while he published an office, the closest uh, in title to slaying planning Sensible Tomorrow was Creating a Government That Works Better and Costs Less. Mm, catchy title. And uh, he also wrote books about with his now ex-wife about the power of family. And uh, and also some boring books about climate change, which might as well uh, be man bear pig. It's so fake, right? The, the verdict's still out on that. I know, like Al Gore, what a fucking idiot! Before we leave books, books, and additional books, uh, <laughs> the sign outside says Mickner goes for a uh, dollar ninety nine a pound. James Mickner writes or wrote when he was still alive, just eight hundred pound. Uh, family Ugh. sagas about entire generations in like an area like one of them is i think just called alaska but he won the pulitzer for tales of the south pacific um, oh i didn't yes, know that about that was him. I, I missed that joke well, i wanted to make a note in order to avoid discussing who paul harvey is go listen to homer's barbershop quartet because oh you're we right we did ex- we talked extensively i was bob does have a clip <laughs> oh, though if we want this is news radio 610 wtvn hello americans this is paul harvey stand by for news Everybody, everybody seems to be talking about the importance of calcium in the diet for both women and men. And yet 80% of Americans are not yet getting enough calcium. You know, there is one delicious way to get a goodly portion of the calcium you need. It's a commercial. Total. Total breakfast cereal. Shut up! <laughs> that, Man, was, like, that was a news... Bro- come on! That masqueraded as news! Paul Harvey, uh, no one sounds like him, but he's kind of bad at his job as an announcer because mm-hmm. there are just these huge pregnant you- pauses. Pauses. Yes. And it happened. But I, I did point out before, he, he has been broadcasting the rest of the story from World War II. Yeah. It got spun off into its own show in the 70s, and he continued it till his death in the 2000s. I would listen to him. It's one of the most him. long-running things in the universe. I would listen to him on AM radio on my commutes to the college just to laugh at his crazy voice and crazy inflections on things news Uh, (laughs) stand by for news uh and uh, also though paul harvey apparently he did he didn't write books about erotic america no i mean the joke is that he would never write this book but it's very much focused on americans and patriotism so it's like a paul harvey uh version of like a sex guide or something like that uh and also kids if you don't know robert maplethorpe which was the joke that homer holds up a book with a butt on it uh, well, first off, a childhood secret, which obviously this is pre-internet porn, a childhood secret you needed to know, was like at a bookstore in the photographs section was a perfect place to find naked pictures of people. A treasure and nobody trove of would free, stop free playboys. Exactly. And, and, yeah, that it would be an easy way to find pornography. But again, who fucking cares? Like yeah. it's, it's everywhere. You can't not see. Yeah, a photographer it. famous for nudes. So male, Maplethorpe female. was, oh, sorry. Uh, okay. yeah, Robert Maplethorpe was a big, big time uh, photographer who did take pictures of celebrities. Like you mm-hmm. can look at Maplethorpe photos of like Schwarzenegger and, and all wow. these other 
other famous people. Mm-hmm. And he also took photos of normal people. And he was most famous for nudes and overt homoeroticism mm-hmm. in his work. And BD- BDSM? He did a ton of B. Mm-hmm. So, in a more innocent world that didn't know about fisting and BDSM. <laughs> His photographs were like, there's a rope around a, a penis? Mother, a come take penis? a look at this. <laughs> and same with like, if you imagine the 70s in an innocent time where most people had never heard of fisting before, let mm. alone seen a picture of it, even a beautiful picture of it by <laughs> Maplethorpe probably freaked a lot of people out. That's true. And so Maplethorpe at the time was actually used as a bit of a cudgel. And again, the completely bullshit argument against the National Endowment of the Arts were like, well, your taxpayer dollars are paying for this this gay butt sex. It's a great Mr. Show about <laughs> that. Exactly, yes. Yeah. And Maplethorpe was, and it was something that really pissed me off about people like Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. But, but people like Hillary Clinton who used video game violence as something to prove that they're family values while meanwhile she absolutely defended maplethorpe like that was she defended art from the government in that way but when it was video game violence she's like i'm with you parents this is scary like fucking hey i so i i just want to get my soapbox about that it's but, cool but uh, what about peter uberoth ah peter uberoth well <laughs> i my brain honestly shut down reading facts about <laughs> some uh, line. i was like i'll let someone else do this it makes sense that a biography of him in 1995 would go for 99 <laughs> yes. cents so he was basically a rich executive asshole who ran the mlb in the 80s the major league baseball and uh oh. in 1989 he had to step down because he had colluded with team owners to basically control pay for players to be like oh, yeah. let's all agree we're not going to pay above this certain thing and oh. fucked over the players researching I, the news there was something about salary caps for yeah. the mlb i assume lisa was only buying it for the value because i don't know why she would mm-hmm. want to know about this guy or enjoy him and yeah. his work. it doesn't seem like a very lisa figure no and he's said he's still around being a rich jerk like nothing no punishment he screwed he screwed ball players out of millions of dollars but like he's still fine mm. so that's it uh, that's all i know about peter ubroth i really could not learn anymore but this does show you how big the x-files was at this point that the simpsons was making such an overt reference to it's it know. was much bigger than the simpsons even yeah it was yeah. it was it became it was a hot thing for about four years it does it does always surprise me when i look up at the news that the simpsons wasn't anywhere close to the top of the ratings and not only that nope. that every other fox show beat the shit out of it yeah after yeah. the first season that move to thursday killed them yeah it like, killed like, all like what was number one on fox this week Mm. Beverly Hills 90210 oh, a show that stands the test of time and holds up to this day <laughs> though I still I still wonder if the Simpsons if season 2 had stayed on Sunday and can, mm-hmm. and let's say it continued the it only increased the popularity from season 1 into season 2 would season 3 be what season hmm. 3 was the more successful it was maybe the less they would have gotten away it's with it the less cool stuff they would have gotten to do we'll never know not a ratings thing it was almost mm. a pre- prestige show if it had yeah. more attention maybe it would have been noted to death well yeah but this was before prestige tv like it was before Not people for fox well i i what i mean is like i mean reviewers who jerk off to mm-hmm. the sopranos it's before that <laughs> that's uh, but, but it was fox they were playing a different ball game because they couldn't yeah. compete with the other networks really so they had to no. hold on to their critically revered number one shows a little longer than nbc or cbs would yeah that's true well and as bill oakley told us that it was the secret was it wasn't a popular show and that nobody no adult watched it he said wow. he they'd go to 
table reads and people wouldn't laugh at jokes because they're like, this isn't for me. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I, I get the suspicion that like no one really was casting a huge eye towards the Simpsons until syndication money started. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. then it, then I the attention really started. Uh, meanwhile, like baths together could be fun in a big hot tub, but in, in a home bathtub, no, there's, there I can't even space for two adults. I can't or, fit, I'm maybe just speaking for me. I, I'm a, I'm a longman and I can't fit into any bathtub. Me I remember either. the one time I was in a, like a hotel suite because it was paid for by a game company who was bribing mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just like a gigantic bathtub. I was like, I can finally take like my one bath per decade yeah. because I can Masturbate finally like fit. a girl. Exactly. <laughs> so many jets. <laughs> So many jets. Yeah, no, I it was it's something that's bummed me out when I've gone on some bribery trips that uh, that they don't have baths at them. I'm like, oh, what a, a rainforest shower! I can shower at home. I want a giant bath. I miss it because, uh, man, those that GTA, mm-hmm. the GTA setup. They put me in the nicest hotel I've ever oh been in God. as a as one human being, and then they're so rich. They instead bought a giant loft apartment in San Francisco so they never have to fly me to New York in the Gramercy Hotel again. <laughs> wow, wow. Just, just to have uh, a business. And, and I'll never take an appointment with them again. But it's okay. <laughs> None of us will. Not jealous. I, I like their desperation of like, kids, get, like they're just trapped in the dark it soaking. Looks, Homer looks like he's in a lot of pain too. Well, that mm-hmm. thing, the faucet digging into his, his back, back like, ugh, yeah. it just hurts to think about it. Yeah, just, I totally oh. have a friend who was had to be taken out of a bathtub by the fire department. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. He doesn't yeah. like to talk about it. So uh, I wouldn't. Uh, And then, well, like you said with Paul Harvey's commercial, he then basically inserts into his audio book a commercial for AAA. A romantic vacation can provide titillation. (laughs) Sensual sanitary seclusion awaits you at any of America's fine AAA-approved motor lodges. The Arabian Nights room looks nice. The Pharaoh's chamber has a vibrating sarcophagus. Uh, sorry there, Fred Nethel. Should have made a reservation. We only got uh, one room left. Yeah, the uh, toilet is overflowing in the uh, caveman room. <laughs> oh, here we are. The utility room. This isn't very ironic. I think it's an actual utility room. No, honey. It's a romantic fantasy. I imagine I'm the janitor and you're... <laughs> The janitor's wife who has to live with me in the utility room. <laughs> That's such a Homer's, great bad fantasy. I love this joke. It's like a total lack of imagination. <laughs> yes, you can't think beyond the utility room. Or being married. It's yeah. like he couldn't create... The, the point of it is to role play. And even when he's yeah. role playing, he's like, well, you're my wife who's trapped here. And these things are real. They call like fantasuites. So the, okay. this specifically in design, the inn is based on the Madonna Inn mm. in San Luis Obispo which did have themed rooms, though not as fancy themed rooms as this. And according to Priceline, you could get a room for like $200 a night right now. Go to (laughs) Priceline.com. But uh, so the Madonna Inn is still in operation. But I, I always associated this more with... The jokes you'd see in anime about love hotels. Yeah, love hotels. The love hotels of Japan. I didn't know they were themes. I guess they would have to be. Well, if you saw the film The Wolverine, there's also a joke about it there where Wolverine, but it's also in a million animes where they go to a love hotel, which is an hourly hotel. It's, It's something, this is me as a white man assuming things about Japan, but I believe it is love hotels were created for 
The same reason other pe- people in America would rent one-hour hotels for a hookup and then to leave. Mm-hmm. But it's also that you don't want to take somebody back to your tiny apartment and have sex on your little uh, bed. You'd meet up there. Or you'd have... It was also like casual sex was... Uh, it, in the 80s, especially when love hotels were in vogue, the, the casual sex was definitely frowned upon. And so uh, even though part, Nintendo invested in love hotels before uh, they hit it big. They in had the a lot arcades. of failures before video games. Yeah. And so that but they also had very themed rooms of it, it, the scene in the Wolverine is them pointing to, well, this is this theme room. This is this theme room. Like theme rooms were part of it, though. Obviously, you could also find love hotels that are just. It's a bed and you, a bed and a bathroom done. Mm-hmm. I, I also just love how Homer goes the utility room. Mm-hmm. I like the I, and I didn't really get this until the stupidest reasons. Fred and Ethel, and <laughs> I love Lucy reference. Yeah. I don't know if that's a specific reference to an episode where the I side guess they characters just go look to the hotel. like Fred and Ethel going I think on vacation. Like, you don't want to be compared to Fred and Ethel, a, yeah. a, a famous, a famously cantankerous couple on TV. Yeah, I, and I didn't know if that was an ep- a reference to the episode. I only got it because someone pointed out when I got satellite radio. He's like, you know, the stations are named after I love Lucy characters. I'm like, I did not, oh. but I did wonder why I listened to stations called Fred Ethel. And Lucy, Bobaloo. Uh, wow, I didn't know that. I don't. I don't. I haven't had it in a while. I don't know if they're still named that. Uh, I also like that the guy comes to get the wet dry vac, and it is because of the overflowing toilet in Quimby's room. That's it's it's he nice. Was dressed continuity. like a Flintstone. That's yeah. true. Just knowing he can walk in at any moment too, <laughs> and Whoops. it's. It, it's very cartoony, but I love the back and forth driving over of the tape. It's Good so great. Yeah. And that uh, obviously Paul Harvey could not get them off. He failed. He failed. Which it's, I also get this moment confused a little bit with natural born kissers because they kind of have a similar situation to this, except then they end up having sex in a barn. That's right. In front and of the cow who's really liking it. <laughs> That's that right. That cow likes what he sees. What a filthy episode. Even filthier <laughs> than this one they're back home and grandpa has this is where grandpa enters the tale yay welcome home son i broke two lamps and lost all your mail what's wrong <laughs> with your wife never mind you wouldn't understand flu no protein deficiency no new mono ultra microscopic silical volcanic coniosis no unsatisfying sex life <laughs> yes but please <laughs> don't you say that word what Sex! <laughs> What's so unappealing about hearing your elderly father talk about sex? I had sex! God, Dave Castellaneta is making his Abe even more decrepit. Yes. His voice is just wavering all over the place. <laughs> I've had sex! I think he had to extra turn it up because he has so many scenes with Homer. Yeah. Normally he doesn't have to do. For the longest time I thought that was, I should have known it wasn't a fake word and that the uh, nucleoscoliosis is a real thing, but it's kind of fake in a way. Yeah. It's a real condition about bad lungs, but it is perfect, purposely invented as a word to be the longest word in the dictionary. <laughs> it was invented by the president of the National Puzzlers League in 1935. Ah. That entire giant word that Abe says is just a synonym for uh, silicosis. Ah, it's see. when you inhale too much ash. It's a condition that your lungs get. Not very funny. That's that's very serious. It but, is very serious. But it's, so, yeah, it's just a freaking dork name. To, it's just a dork word. Like a nerd made it up to, to win a contest. Exactly. That's all you Exactly, but that's uh, then to be used as a 
I mean, it's it's better than anti disestablishment. It's no better than anti disestablishmentarian. I think it's it's more of a mouthful and uh, good reading on on that with Dan. Yeah, I wonder how many takes that took there. I, they spelled it out phonetically. <laughs> I also like that Abe knows how useless he is. That he's just like, oh yeah, I lost all your mail. How's your wife? But <laughs> I definitely would never want to hear my father talk about sex. Never, ever, ever. And we we never did. I never had to hear. I had the sex talk with my mom. I did not have to have it for my dad. It was very uh, unengaged. We got the sex talk at school. Uh, the, they're shifting t- the burden. How dare they? They probably told you the wrong thing about it. Or no, they something. told us gay sex was dirty. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, same message I got in my school. I wonder if kids today get that same message of just like that. This, this is a side tangent, but I had to go to an abstinence only thing, which like scarred me for life. It was a, a big basically a sermon quite honestly but they just don't literally say god but they say wait for marriage 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 and they had to have a section where this woman said you know anal sex is the most dangerous filthy sex you could have with two men and it's just so fucking i look back on it now like that is so gross and cruel you're just telling kids who are already homophobic they're mm-hmm. like oh no you should be more homophobic yeah, those people are dirty teaching them a safer way to do it or offering yes. them the aids and tools they need to do it appropriately and, and again though they i feel shame, it's only, shame shame i feel it's only fair if they're going to say sex between two men is somehow filthier mm-hmm. they should be telling girls that sex between two women is the cleanest sex you can have actually it's most they? fun to watch <laughs> uh and this is perfect ugly weinstein of Abe telling pointless stories and old-timey remedies. Oh, yes. You're home safe. Done my duty. See you the next time we need your signature. (laughs) Oh, you never want to spend any time with me, but I can help you with your loving problem. I got a home remedy that'll put the dowsers back in your trousers. (laughs) Legend has it my great-grandpappy stumbled upon this recipe when he was trying to invent a cheap substitute for holy water. Here you go. Hi! <laughs> oh, we're just laughing. Here you go, you ingrate. Think of me when you're having the best sex of your life. I love that line. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Drink Dad. it! <laughs> you want to call that line of the show? Uh, oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. That's the joke. Well, that or any of the readings where he says, Sex! <laughs> That is a line of shit. It, it, it never occurred to me that Abe is essentially making a flaming Homer using only ingredients you find in a bathroom. I thought of that too. Yeah, he he stumbles upon it just like Homer yes. did, or his great grandpappy did. That, that's true. And uh, this first time I noticed, Abe has asbestos pills. In that's his, right. His this is the second uh, episode about like a potion that a Simpsons yeah. make. A Simpsons that's makes. true. He makes a potion that apparently gives you a boner that he just remembered he could make. And though it's a rare time where in the past when Abe has these remedies, they don't work and are poison. Well, this is this, poison, as Dr. Hibbert points out. Yes, it is poison. And and again, we we already mentioned it, but yes, this is a pre-Viagra world that this mm. joke exists in. That this, little miracle was, wasn't with us yet. Yeah, it, uh, that blue pill would not exist until then. And now... Now guys can have boners whenever they feel like it, which is disgusting. God. I don't want I some some old some old rich guy shouldn't have boners. You but know? this poison does give Homer a dowser in his trousers. It certainly mm-hmm. does. I like that animation of him just like perking up, you know, yeah, like, the second he the little it. like wiggle like oh, yeah. oh that uh, you just Homer uh, horny now. You should uh, <laughs> just know that Homer's rock hard for the rest of these scenes you're watching. Like keep that in your mind. I just love that he immediately throws the kids out and like just gives them fifty dollars. Go and say, carries Marge and kicks the door behind. 
behind them. Yes, and, he uh, is red. He is raring to go. And like Homer's raring to go. And then the kids go off to watch a. F- <laughs> the, the stock footage festival is great. It's a great cutaway. It's a great like, joke that only works once. Yeah. But uh, the reveal when I first saw it was just like falling over laughing. Uh, and the, the, the wieners <laughs> on a conveyor yes. belt, which they, uh, Oakley and Weinstein take credit for inventing. I like, love it. I love it. It's, uh, it's so only good. topped by that Mr. Show sequence where they just they have a clam and a hot dog yeah, with two chestnuts taped to the end of it right. and shove them together. Uh, and and it's kind of fitting that the only like two of the only people in that place are comic book guy and Herman. And uh, again, like stock footage, I don't know. I, technically, stock footage is as big now as it ever was. Like I've heard, <laughs> I've heard um, so many ads on other podcasts saying like, "Hey, sign up for this place for HD stock footage yep. of everything you want." Like just to put it in your put it in your video when you say, yeah. like, "Well, I have a B." Oh, well, uh, here's a B. Well, I mean, this was the '90s, and I think maybe eighty percent of all music videos were just stock oh, yeah. footage. Oh, uh, oh like eighty yes, percent yeah. of Super Nintendo commercials. <laughs> it was like half Indenbergs and opera, and that guy uh, getting shot with the cannon. Yeah. Later yes. becomes, and uh, uh, I just remember yeah. the the plane with like ten, yes. ten levels falling apart, and the shaky the, bridge. Yes, yeah. oh the shaky bridge. So many classics, and then always the atomic bomb test footage somehow worms its way in there. That's yeah, a little true. scarier. It's, it's a little <laughs> scarier, but I guess you, you as Doctor Strangelove would teach us, you gotta laugh. You gotta- <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back. Thanks for listening to this surprising and herprising episode of Talking Simpsons. Though if you'd want to listen to it a week early and with no ads, well, there's an easy fix for that. Just go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. If you're a new listener, you might not know exactly what you get. So let me tell you, for just $5 a month, you'll get access to the entire first season of Talking Simpsons, which as well as other classic episodes, not to mention exclusive on patreon.com slash talking simpsons is talking critic where we go through every episode of the critic with michael raparez and diana goodman and we have tons more exclusives there too like a new interview with bill oakley as well as other interviews with people who worked on the show and for just ten dollars a month you'll get access to all that and a monthly video of simpsons stuff where we go through say the deleted scenes of a season or all the shorts from the first year of Tracy Ullman. So go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons and check it out and help us get one step closer to our goal to launch another podcast. Check it out. Want to look as sexy as Rex Reed and Paul Anka all rolled into one? Well, I've got an idea. What if you had a Talking Simpsons t-shirt? Yes, that's right, a Talking Simpsons t-shirt. We're selling them, and you want them. Where is it? At shirtsickle.com. Go to shirtsickle.com, you know, popsicle, but with shirt. And go to the podcast pages, and you'll see Talking Simpsons in there. Or you can just go to tiny.cc slash shirt and get your hands on one of those for yourself. It is designed by the wonderful Nina Matsumoto, is inspired by the wonderful Ion Springfield logo, and and the shirt's color is a wonderful sky blue. Go to shirtsickle.com to check it out for yourself, or tiny.cc slash talking shirt 
It's $19.99 plus tax and shipping. And it ships relatively internationally. So even if you're not in the United States, that doesn't mean you can't look lovely in a Talking Simpsons shirt. So check it out, tiny.cc slash talking shirt. Hey, this is Hank Azaria. You're listening to Talking Simpsons on Laser Time. I didn't know that was a thing. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. Uh, oh, man, I, I am in a little bit of pain. My girlfriend got... Uh, Horse riding Groupon Whoa. a couple months ago. And it was so like, did we, and we let them slide. The last thing I expected you to ever say. Oh, yeah. No. Have, you, uh, have you ever ridden a horse before? I, the last time I rode horse was probably like in the third grade. The thing we ended up doing was not on a trail. We're in like this little kind of arena, almost like um, medieval it? times. So we just start off learning the basics, and then I, I was them. fine with like the first 15, 20 minutes, but then the rest of the hour was us doing, like, fast trots. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend has a much better horse riding skills, Learning so she, what, she knows how to post, which is, like, you anticipate or you yeah. in rhythm with the horse, like, you kind of stand up mm-hmm. so you're not, like, hitting yourself all the time. She's also I, not... Beyond the fact that I, like, mm. I can't do a squat. Like, the first thing she said was, like, okay, it's doing, like, doing a squat. I'm like, can't remember the last time I did a squat. I, I don't know how to, like, do this posting stuff. One of my feet, like, kind of gets caught in the stirrup, and I didn't realize it because I couldn't, like step up on a stirrup like you're supposed to mm-hmm. to post. So basically for about 30 minutes, anytime the horse would trot, it's just like eh, bam, eh, bam. Eh, oh, eh. It's like Dave's getting fucked by a saddle. Exactly, <laughs> and it gave me like a, a new Saddle rig. It, it gave me a new appreciation for anyone who gets like fucked <laughs> that much. Like in that because like anytime I've ever like done that, it's just like, yes, it's fun. It's like I'm not thinking of what the other person's yeah. has you, to experience. Did you get a little mirror and look at your taint? I didn't. I I, I think Can I'm we do fine. It? I was gonna no. say that you do it right now. Bonus time, laser time's weekly, full length, uncensored, and ad free Patreon exclusive podcast, as well as full length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. So then, after a night of intense lovemaking, laborious sex, we we find out what Marge what Marge gets hot and bothered with. And that's Paul Anka and Rex Harrison, uh, which, <laughs> two uh, kind of like fae men. You wouldn't consider like yes, super masculine. Paul Doctor Anka, Doolittle. <laughs> I don't think of Rex Harrison even as fae. I think of him as just like grumpy. That I think I, of him I, as a Stewie from Family Guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He is fae. Yes. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, Paul Anka, who still is alive, mm-hmm. a future guest star on the show. And one of Trump's few proud celebrity friends. Like oh, most, no. <laughs> most celebrities run away from him, but Paul Hank is like, I would have sang at his inauguration, but some I was at my grandson's whatever. Like, Why would the star of Girls Town betray me like this? I love <laughs> Girls Town. Yes, that, he's he's most famous for his appearance in Girls Town, the MST3G classic, which... Mm, Mamie Van Doren. I can't believe it's actually on their last collection. Uh, and, they finally the, made it. At this point, listeners, MST3G is putting out its final... 
DVD collection yeah, because they've just they say they're like they've tried with everything, but there's like ten films, oh, yeah, that like ten or eleven movies. One old woman owns get... like five of them, and yeah. they don't know how to talk to her. So. Yeah, so you'll and never if, get those. If you'll but... indulge me, you may know. Wait, who is it? Paul Anka. Yeah, Paul, yeah. Paul Anka from uh, man used to do a little write up on all these Christmas specials. A Canadian, a great Canadian special called George and the Star, and all the music is by oh, Paul Anka, okay. and not Christmassy at all. It's sci-fi as shit, and it's awesome. <laughs> wow, interesting. Stop those Shout out to my Canadian. One, two, three. Here's a brand new. That's that's classic Paul Anka. And so I I also it had been a while since we'd seen Homer get magical stubble reappear, mm. but it's a very like um, we saw that in uh, One Fish Two Fish when he shaves and yeah. does, the, does the muzzle immediately grow back? It immediately yeah. grows back by the time he says like and that's how we shave. Boom and it's back. But it's a very traditional thing of like after a night of love and making <laughs> with your woman, you wake up and shave. That is that's what they do. And I also do love that his. Homer's literal New Year's resolution was to avoid his father. <laughs> he was like, what about my New Year's resolution? And Oh, yeah. How disgusting are Homer's blue pants that, that Ned is just like, look, get him in the garbage bag. <laughs> just like, the idea of their, of their secular lovemaking. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's how they're Ned. disgusting. You'd just yes. be ready with that garbage bag. <laughs> and they're a married couple making love. They should be fine. I know. Yeah. God, Ned's hung like a horse. Uh, oh, much my, later. Yeah, I got to say, how can... He's packing Maude, some serious how, hog. How can Maude take all that, I have <laughs> to say? Like, she's... Eh, boy, I, I don't know. that He has a scary wang. But, uh, <laughs> well, speaking of dicks, Homer is... <laughs> Homer has some dick-focused sales. I love this. Sir! Uh, hello, sir! Yes. You look like a man who needs help satisfying his wife. So <laughs> no! <laughs> because people have some sort of moral objection to our sex, sex drug. Let me tell it, you wicked... <laughs> Step right up, folks, and witness the magnificent medicinal miracle of Simpson and Sons patented revitalizing tonic. Put some honor in your larder with our energizing, moisturizing, tantalizing, romanticizing, surprising, herprising, revitalizing tonic. I doubt very highly that one elixir could boast so many fantastic properties. Let's say we amscray out of here and have a wild wingding at the cyclotron, Doctor. Anything you say, Professor. <laughs> I like the dorky girl who's getting a little like a, a Mrs. Frank who, though, by the way, he technically has a wife. My wife like, is going to kill me. Yes, but <laughs> this completes the joke of... He's really always does. been the nutty Professor Frank is, and so when he drinks it, he becomes Buddy Love, which... Is really just Jerry Lewis doing a Dean Martin impersonation. Oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. uh, But here is some classic buddy love from the film. All nice kids. They have very, very good taste, I might add. I'm glad. It would be a shame to waste the genius of yours on the riffraff. Well, honey, I always say, if you're good and you know it, why waste time beating around a bush, true? Yeah, I don't even need Dean. Now it's so obvious. I didn't even think of that before. Oh, yeah. I never really watched the movie, though. No, I, I have. I just, I love Slash. It's fascinating. I don't want to go off too much on Jerry Lewis, but we did just lose him. Yeah, all right. Recording. I feel like we've talked about him every episode it, since his death. But it's just the idea of someone who you will never really find anyone in a in your life or your grandchildren's life who will be as famous a celebrity as Jerry Lewis but he lived so long he outlived most of his fans and contemporaries yeah by and when decades. he died he did he, and he you know he's kind of a dick as well yeah, when yeah. he died it's like it was a murmur mm -hmm. and I just thought that that's 
bitterly tragic. Like yeah. the idea that someone this famous and popular outlived his own fan base. <laughs> it's true. He's. <laughs> I mean, he was famously an asshole like that, but he was also the genius. And yeah. that's how Paul, when Paul Rugg on Animaniacs yes. would make fun of him. Yeah, Mr. Zorg, Director. Yeah. He, as Mr. Director, that was him like, I'm a genius. Everybody should listen to me. But he was, like, he was a he genius. He technically was. He was really good at everything, but that's also why he didn't make good stuff for the longest <laughs> time because he was an asshole and people can stand him like, fine, be a genius a, over there. We're not making this shit with a you. Fascinating person. It seems like the world should have stopped for his death, but it it occurred uh, 30 years too late. Yeah, it it did. He, I believe it's 10 years after his death is when Day the Clown Cried will be free. Oh, is that oh. what I meant to look into that? I believe that was, that was what I read before his death, that he had given it to, like, the Library of Congress or whatever, but under the condition that it couldn't be seen until 10 years after his death. So we all have to hold on for another 10 years. The killing and the uh, I'm sure it's very, uh, you know, tasteful. Very tasteful. Like, life is beautiful. Certainly. <laughs> I mean, people have read the script. They know how bad right, it is. Yeah, well, you know, the f- person who's famously seen it and talked about it. Harry Shearer. Harry Shearer. Yeah. Harry Harry Shearer. It's perfect. He says, like, you can't imagine. <laughs> Whatever you imagine, it's not as bad as you, is that. Or it is worse than that. Uh, I also love the sign of homemade medicine. Like, that's yes. such a great sign. Oh, if, if you could indulge me for a moment. Sure, sure. I had an incident where uh, I was camping, and I went to, I was in Big Sur, and I went to the Henry Miller Museum, Tropic of Cancer. That's oh. a, don't, don't, don't pretend to be fascinated. It's not interesting. But, uh, but inside there was, like, one hippie girl who clearly lived in the museum. Hmm. But she's, <laughs> she's listening, so I'm like, what is this? I'm like, oh... This is Harry Potter, and I, you know, again, I'm watching this episode at the same time. This is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, as read by Jim Dale. And I started looking up Jim, Jim Dale because Jim Dale. Let's face it, there's a lot of people who didn't read Harry Potter. They mm-hmm. listen to the audiobooks, and he he is now embodies every single character. He's very good. The, I have the heard Weasley a few of those. twins, yeah. yeah, and and for but for me, Jim Dale is the most famous from uh, Pete's Dragon. Peach Dragon, and it is the only oh. context I have for the med- medicine salesman, the snake oil medicine salesman oh. that Grandpa is. So I'm playing this clip because I love Jim Dale. Oh, go for it. Listen, my specialties are audiology, mycology, cellology, teratology, embryology, psychology, zoology, and any other ology you can think of. My friends, you're not giving me a chance. I brought all these medicines back from Paris. Friends. <laughs> France! <laughs> no one to stop. Shamed be he who thinks evil of it. I know that's, <laughs> that's indulgent, I, but I love yeah. Peach Dragon, and like I instantly got the joke yeah. because of yeah. Peach Dragon. And I, I, he's clearly dressed like a colonel-y type of person, so yeah. I know it's a reference to something else. Gesturing I just, at things with a cane. Yeah, it was I, a very familiar kind of stereotype of that era. Yeah, but I can't draw it back to anything other than like fucking Music Man, but he's not selling medicine. Yeah, man. I mean, if you've seen the, or if you've played the video game Red Dead Redemption, there's a Medicine Man character oh. in that as well. Mm-hmm. But that also implies, again, that these jokes that in 1990, Abe has to be 100 to <laughs> yes. have done. <laughs> to but, be familiar with the routine and everything. And I guess he did this in between working as a night watchman for a cranberry silo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> His previously established job, but honestly, any joke in the front, like, nah, that's not real, yeah. doesn't count. But the just homemade man, and it's the just stamp the ticket guy who punches Homer in the face. It was a return of him. 
I also did love the line Homer said, like, I know I'm going to get rich with this scheme and And quick. quick. (laughs) It's so great. But all right. So then we see all the parents getting turned on by the drug. I love (laughs) I think this is when Oakley Weinstein really fell in love with Milhouse's parents as a gag. I feel like you see the beginning of this joke ends in their divorce and doing a whole thing about Kirk and Llewellyn's life. Like, Have we ever explored their uh, their troubled marriage? Not before? really, no. We saw that Llewellyn, when we seen Llewellyn before, she disapproves of Bart's friendship with Milhouse. But Kirk isn't even there. And Kirk approves when Milhouse is full of beans. Yes. And they're definitely united front against Homer trying to overcharge them for an elephant ride. But this is the first time that there's been any idea that they are not getting along. Yeah. And the idea that, like, they normally sleep in separate twin beds, which is, like, 1994 is, like, (laughs) you guys, like, you have major problems if that's how it is. I mean, I found that out about, uh, I guess I can throw them under the bus, Uh, my my sister's former in-laws. They were, like, weirdo creeps who made us pray at meals and things like that whenever we saw them. And then I found out they they slept in separate beds. I'm like, it makes sense. It all makes sense. I know... Almost all my friends' parents did. When you talk to everyone now, like, wow. my parents were the weird ones. My parents and always had a shared that's bed. some hippie yeah. shit right and there. Same bed? What? Can't you see why? Yes. <laughs> my own comforter? I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah, you get to roll over and just keep your own thing. Oh. But I, I, my news trick with that is, like, you just buy a king-size thing to go with your queen-size bed. And more, so you blanket. more blanket. I love Kirk's line. Yeah, every single night. <laughs> every single night. <laughs> and then Milhouse is just, like, bobbing his head that, back and forth. His that head bobbing in the, his pup tent is great. Remind me to loop that for myself. Because <laughs> it's just the, the physics, the perfect bobblehead physics. Yeah. Meanwhile, the silhouettes are going at it behind him. He's just like five feet away from them. He has just no clue. Well, that's the great joke that none of the kids realize they don't know what sex is. And so they don't realize their parents are ignoring them because they're fucking yes. too much. And wow, Mrs. Hibbert. Man, the, the animators she had some is, fun uh, with her. Smoking hot. Yes, which I guess like they would do, she i feel like they even sexualized her in the way felicia rashad was uh sexualized on the on the cosby show as she well she was always wearing like uh it wasn't revealing lingerie but mm. she was always wearing Exciting like lingerie. yes like very like with lots of big collars and frills and things <laughs> 80s lingerie and and as dr hibbert though says like it is poison like you're poisoning <laughs> yourself but but and down the hatch, down the hatch. like as long as it works. So then uh, we get to see that the parents are missing and the the kids don't know what to do. Listen to this. Unexplainable behavior. <laughs> Individuals acting in a secretive fashion are often involved with UFOs or other paranormal phenomena, e.g. telephone explosions. <laughs> Jeez, if it's in a book, it's gotta be true. <laughs> Scary, no? And this guy's head of the spaceology department at the Correspondence College of Tampa. (laughs) My dinner for me? My parents aren't around and I'm not allowed to turn on the stove. (laughs) Oh, that book, that book. That's great. The Spaceology Spaceology Department of the the Correspondence School in Tampa. Henry and I are laughing a little harder having seen Tampa. Tampa sucks. Nothing accredited comes out of Tampa. Nelson, uh, clearly uncomfortable without having any sort of authority figure to rebel against. Carry on. (laughs) Carry on. Now he's the authority. That scene has a very good, like, Twilight Zone vibe Mm -hmm. of when the the town only full of children, no parents there. It it also features a rare appearance 
appearance of one of my favorite characters in The Simpsons, the Orange Sky. The Orange Sky of Dusk. Uh, It almost never comes out. And I just love the look of the alien expert is perfect. It's exactly the the meme dude who taught of aliens from History Channel. Like every expert they talk to has like unkempt hair, glasses, (laughs) hair like a falcon. Just like I know everything about it. And and I also love Milhouse's reaction. Like if it's in a book, it's got to be true. Which that extends to just all the internet now. Like well, if it's on the internet, it's got to be somebody wrote it, didn't they? I I have absolutely been that person who will retweet a story. They're like, well, this seems true, and and then I should go like. This is not a real website. This is too good to be true. This story fulfills a personal bias of mine, so I just believed it. I source all my news from Board Panda. (laughs) (laughs) Telephone explosions. That's a weird one to pull out. I don't I don't know the conspiracy behind this, but I do I just love that kids are so into conspiracies kids love this stuff and because they're still figuring out the world so this stuff could make sense to them they they realize that adults once you realize adults could lie to you then you do wonder is everything a lie but uh, there's also some quaint nostalgia for me of pre-9-11 yeah pre-9-11 of conspiracies that don't involve mm. none of those involve saying the jews controlled something now we like, know the uh, government is too inept for to like pull off any conspiracy they can't yeah. even build a fucking bridge i know <laughs> uh, uh, and we have I, the I'll, return of uh spittle county yes the yeah. final appearance of spittle county oh yes no, uh, introduced in colonel homer that's where lurleen lived or where, where they the, drink uh, fud the fud yeah we got a lot of tonic to sell and a lot of tonic to visit frigid falls mount seldom lake flaccid great i'm gonna be stuck in a car all weekend with that wheezy windbag and that's what's wrong with bart's generation now as for your generation that is exactly what it's like to drive with an old person like that they they will tell you what's wrong with your generation and you just have to grin and bear it because what are you gonna do tell your grandpa he's wrong like that i've been in that situation I definitely, as a kid, did not get those sex puns of Mount Seldom and, and Lake, Lake Flaccid. And uh, but yes, they get to they get to Spindle County, and that's when they meet. Uh, I also love this line. Actually, I love the way this is delivered. I'm not convinced. I've had bad luck with aphrodisiacs. <laughs> All questions will be answered. All fears will be allayed with one incontrovertible demonstration. May I have a volunteer from the audience? Yes, you, sir. Now, Sarah, you've never seen me before, is that correct? That is correct. Well, then how come his face is on the bottle? (laughs) (laughs) Um... Um... (laughs) You're the worst show I've ever seen! You're a disgrace to the medicine show business! They didn't start chasing us until you turned on that getaway music! Uh, they sadly turn around. Happy yep. to report that is the music is Earl Scruggs, the Foggy mm. Mountain uh, Breakdown uh, in the Foggy what the Foggy Mountain Boys uh, was recorded in 1940, but made famous uh, in the film Bonnie and Clyde. That's right. That it is was... why people of Oakley and Weinstein generation yeah, probably yeah. know it. I had no idea what it was, nah. and through a recent thing on Video Game Apocalypse. We could trace back the the guy who talks like this. It's Ed Wynn. Right. Comedian yeah. Ed Wynn made famous in, for most of us, in Alice in Wonderland as the Mad Hatter. You're right, you're right. Uh, but it's the voice of the beaver on Family Guy and King, King Candy and Wreck-It right. Ralph. It's a very good cartoon voice. It totally yeah. is a good voice. I wanted the to be like, why did the skeptic hillbilly never return? He's, he's, yeah. he's such a great Wrong voice. <laughs> and his hillbilly face, like his long nose, his giant yeah. ears. Just like a smash cut to his face and his hands waving back and forth. Hey. It's so funny. And that he's had... I've had bad luck. 
luck. That he's had bad luck with aphrodisiacs is such a funny history to give yeah, it to. Like, what's up with that guy? And I also like that they're so bad at the grift that they put their faces on the bottle but made Homer his patsy mm. in it. And just like, how come your face is on the bottle? I just love how the guy says it. <laughs> and Bobby and Clyde, for our generation, I don't think means much because... I think a lot of people watched it. It's a fine film, but I think they watched it just because no film had been that violent yeah, before. Yeah, that movie it was, rules. It, it was just it is pure, awesome. It was just striking violence that you and sexual too. sexy violence, sexy violence, which everybody loves that. And mm-hmm. uh, okay, meanwhile, you the kids act out in real life what happens every second on Twitter all the time, which is inventing a conspiracy theory together. Okay, it's now painfully clear. The adults are definitely paving the way for an invasion by the saucer people. You fool! Can't you see it's a massive government conspiracy? Or have they gotten to you too? Haven't you ever heard of Occam's Razor? The simplest explanation is probably the correct one. So what's the simplest explanation? I don't know. Maybe they're all reverse vampires and they have to get home before dark. Lisa's sarcasm really backfires there. Yes, well... Because they're so credulous. Nothing's mm. impossible to believe when you're believing yeah. a conspiracy theory. You'll create anything in that, and that is... But that's absolutely... You see that on Twitter of somebody saying, like, well, this is a this is a conspiracy by Russia to make you believe that. That's exactly what a Russian agent would say on Twitter. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was this. Like, nobody believes anybody on Twitter. It's just the exchanging of conspiracy I believe theories. only what validates my own opinion. Exactly. That is it. You're As pretty safe in that way. But it's also a, a wonderful... It, it's a direct... It's not a callback, I think, but... To, Three men, three men in a comic book. Absolutely. Same music, yeah. same people fighting. Oh, I no. wonder if they just pulled it out of the library. They're like, oh, what happened? To, what did we play the last time Millhouse and Bart fought in in the same location, too? Is that West Side Story-ish music, I'm um, guessing? I, it's or? more like the Star Trek fight music to me. It's like, okay. Or a Star Trek huh. fight music. Okay. Yeah. Pay attention, Seth MacFarlane. You'll need it for the Orville. <laughs> that show. It's, it's not bad. Fine, sure. <laughs> It's it's uh, anyway that I also like that Lisa tries to tell them they're wrong and they just build a new conspiracy. It's just perfect. And so uh, then we get to this is a side of Homer's upbringing. I kind of forget that he grew up in a like on a farm until he was like 10. It would appear in the middle of nowhere. They got real lucky. They never showed the exterior of his home residence until way later on. Though I have to say when we get to Mother Simpson and. They clearly live in an apartment yeah. in Springfield. They do not live well, in they, the city. They did abandon the, t- the farm after the cows started giving sour milk, so they were yeah. only there until Homer was, um, I don't know. Well, Homer's scaring them off. He seems older in, sca- mm. in him scaring them cows than he does when he sings the fig has the Fig Newton song sung mm. to him by Ma- Mona Simpson. So, it's, it's a brief slip up in the uh, you know rock salt yeah, Simpson's continuity. Got for that <laughs> uh, but it also dates Homer's age that clearly is like he's eight when Kennedy is a new president. Yeah, actually like, this episode officially ages him up. Uh, previously in Homer the Vigilante he was 36 mm. and now he's 38. Because That's true. Josh Weinstein and uh, Bill Oakley, uh, they were only in their early 30s but like we Homer seems much older than us. We need to age him up. But 
but it's Hom- scary to become as old as Homer. Yeah, yeah. And he's almost, but you can never make him over 40. They're like, nope, it's too old. Homer can't be over 40. I still don't think he is. I but- think um, in Kill the Alligator and Run, uh, they age him up to being 40 or 42. Oh, really? Yeah, because huh. he's taking that quiz in the beginning. A classic episode. Oh, that's can't the wait worst. To get to that one. That is, if anybody who says that Principal and the Papa ruin the show, I'm like, watch that ep- watch that spring break episode that is the episode that breaks the show we, we're gonna we go just, past that we just got to it on 30 2010 actually really yeah right. the principal and the popper i'm glad you guys oh, were, were kind to it mm-hmm. yeah uh and though it's weird homer did i don't blame homer because he was a child but he technically ruined the family by <laughs> by scaring those cows like they had to sell the farm and leave because Homer scared the cows. I think he like, should have been supervised, Henry. Let's not yes, blame the that's child. that's true. That's true. Abe, well, I, I, what are you saying, Bob? Abe's a great parent. <laughs> Look at me, uh, uh, Mom. I am uh, uh, President Kennedy. Oh, Abe, maybe our Homer could grow up to be president someday. You, President? This is the greatest country in the world. We've got a whole system set up to keep people like you from ever becoming president. Quit your day, dreaming melonhead! Quit your day, dreaming melonhead! Dead. This does go along <laughs> with, uh, you know, when we saw Younger Abe before, and I believe the way we was. He really loves setting low expectations for Homer. He's like, pick yeah. the dented car. Yeah. <laughs> the plus attractive. <laughs> yeah. And the, he, he kept telling him to have low expectations. And though this is like, this is kind of the meanest. Well, actually, in the way we was too, the way he says, like, uh, I just collect the cans, dead. Oh, right, like, right. But this is the way he taps him with the newspaper it's like i will hit you i could hit you right now this is a threat of violence and but they, they do cover up uh his mom's face because yep. they weren't ready for that reveal yet yeah obviously not glenn close there but nope. though we'd already seen her face in the flashback of homer's birth in uh, the half uh the half brother episode oh you're right so we had seen mona's face then but they kind of wanted to walk that back i forgot they showed it that yeah it's wow. it's really well i mean that whole episode is ridiculous from a, is. from a from a history standpoint they forget a lot of things in that history and i also do love the nuclear shadow of little homer on the wall from the radiation radiation king, radiation king. jesus uh, but i i get it there's well actually the new season of bojack is also all about how horrible fathers were then and it was just expected like yeah your dad's terrible he's he's a man in the 50s who's not expected to have emotional intelligence and he's not going to learn and that's pretty much how Abe is there, too. Just like, no, fuck you, kid. Like, <laughs> you annoy me. You're And I guess Homer is getting revenge on Abe by ignoring him and being cruel to him now. Which is putting him in a home? It's a great plan to have with your elderly parents if you yeah. don't like him. I look forward to it myself someday. One day they'll be, they'll be weak and sick and have a lot of money put away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but then if they get Alzheimer's, you can't. they can't even hear you when you make fun of them. Like, you gotta, gotta move fast. Just scare them with puppets. Man, that's true. I, I, hey, I would never do that to my mom. Anyway, the uh, so the the fight between Abe and Homer in the car is is so it's really raw to me, and it is things like I want to have this argument with my dad and tell him like, I suppose you never. I I know you, Chris, in the past have said your your parents were really positive to you and annoyingly and, so. But well, I had the opposite. Like I've never. I've never had my dad say he was proud of me or say he thought I did a good job of something. 
I've always been doing the wrong thing. And so you want just, some money, Nancy? Yeah, well, I, I went to the wrong college. I didn't I didn't get a good job. I'm way too liberal. I liked rap music. Where's his podcast, Henry? <laughs> yeah. Where's his podcast empire? <laughs> exactly. Who's getting the last laugh? He's probably got more complaints than you. I mean the last time the <laughs> the last time I had the closest to this conversation was when we started the Laser Time Patreon. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him how successful it was. He's like, Well, all right, that's good for now, I guess. I was like, Thanks. And it was it was right after Dave had had his dad on a podcast tell him live on the air, like, I'm proud of you, I'm son. really proud of you. I'm going to become a patron. <laughs> he <laughs> did. <laughs> to hear that, and then to hear my dad go like, well, all right. Like, it's just, ugh, it hurt. My, it hurt. My parents were nice. They left me alone by my own request, though. Just, like, okay. just let me do my own thing, and uh, don't make me play sports <laughs> or attend extracurricular things, and I'll be fine. Yeah, this is a, yeah, uh, play the clip. Yeah. <laughs> Your whole life, you never said one nice thing to me. That's because you're a screw-up. You're the screw-up. Why, you little... All right, that's it. We're going home. I'm sick of you and your stupid tonic. If I hadn't taken that stupid tonic 38 years ago, you'd have never been born and I'd have been happy. You were an accident. (gasps) Get out. I'm sorry I said that. Out. I'm going to get out of the car, and I hope you'll find it in your heart not to drive away. Well, I'll be all right as long as I can remember my army training. Dang. (laughs) Does anybody in this room know if they were an accident? Okay, I said exactly the opposite, because my mother... You were conceived in the Elmore Hotel? On, I, like, my parents intentionally got a wow. hotel room to fuck and make me. And my mom just... You were like a project. Yeah, my mom tells me all the time, because I do think their generation, maybe Oakley and Weinstein, like, for some reason that was important, to let your child know they were intentional and they were wanted. I don't understand... I honestly don't understand how telling your kid they were an accident or unexpected, how that is harmful. Uh, I guess... If you understand how sex works... For Homer's generation, it was expected, like, your parents always wanted you. Okay. And instead being left with, like, well, we didn't want you, but we love you, like, yeah. that, it it, may, it does make you feel unwanted in a yeah, way. it's like, does you it? were a surprise, and you made our lives worse, because we were not ready for you. Well, yeah. And it's kind of shifting the blame onto the child, who did but not But that's exactly what I did. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think we all made our parents' lives worse. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's I, why they didn't follow their dreams, and I'm following mine without children. <laughs> I, I, was cr- I was created intentionally, to my knowledge, like... Like they, I was actually born in September because uh, the this this shows you my dad's priorities. My dad, my dad was actually a little league coach before he had kids. He just loved. Oh my he, god, you were such a disappointment. He, he, weren't you? Yes, oh. yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh that loud. Sorry. I know, I know. Oh, no. Yes, I get. You oh, all no. know the end of this story oh, no, already. I'm sorry, but keep so, going. <laughs> but so he, if I were, if his children were to be born in the early fall, mm-hmm. they would then be selected earlier in the, they would be the Holy oldest shit. kids in the, in Little League, thus having a physical advantage, presumably, Named over after Hank other Aaron. kids. Uh, oh, no, he did not. Oh. No, he <laughs> oh, did not. Oh, sorry. Henry's <laughs> first real name is Babe. <laughs> uh, but, no, I'm named after, Henry's Honus Gilbert. Name. But the but so when I was born when I was born I was born in September conceived 
in I would guess January or December with the plan. So your of, dad was starting a team. Yeah, your dad wanted to get you drafted. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely the plan. I would be on his team, which was called the Optimists. Mm. Was his team. We need eleven and, more of these, honey. It was a really <laughs> honestly like I also think of what a pessimist he is and how negative and cynical we all are. That his team was called the Optimists, but mm-hmm. like. And again, I had no sports aptitude from the beginning. I did not like it. I was a creative little gay kid. And obviously, you know, yeah, me too. disappointed by that. I like, know it's... I was an accident. I was not told oh. in a moment of uh, anger. Mm-hmm. I was told because uh, I, as a little kid, I was like, why did, why did my sister get a baby book? And there's all these pictures of her and you guys all this stuff from her, her you know, babyhood or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, well, Bob, let's let's talk about it. It's like, <laughs> we didn't plan for you. And my mom was going through some things with my dad. Who I haven't seen in like 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's the preferable way to deal with a father who sucks Henry. Uh, don't see him for decades. Don't call nice. him. Don't see him. Don't talk to him. Don't email him. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> Mistakes are the better kids because they have to try harder. Mm. My sister is a fuck up and they planned for her. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have to work harder and I've earned everything. I'm not bitter about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think you should feel if you were revealed to be an accident, I don't think you should feel no, no. bad. I, at I, all. I was just like, like, oh, that explains yeah. why there's no baby book for me with like all these, like the first time he did this and the first time he did that. Yeah, I, I had a f- uh, family friends too who they did have. They had a kid they called the surprise where it was, you know, one kid, they had one kid, then three years later they had the other kid, and then like eight years later they have another one, and that is the whoopsie <laughs> kid. But they, they love that kid all the same, and even though she's a huge lesbian, they still love her. Like And, and, and I would feel shame. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, I wonder, too, if that army training line helped inspire Oakley and Weinstein to later do the Flying Hellfish episode. Yeah, I mean, we did see a bit of his army uh, background in the uh, Lisa versus Malibu Stacy episode, where oh, he's having true. like a war flashback with the headset yeah. on and as we all know he pu- he did wear a dress for a time in the 40s that's right they had designers back then and he seduced hitler and uh that what, was made up he might admitted have that was okay made up. <laughs> homer basically sentences him to death by abandoning him on the side of the road by the way mm-hmm. in in real life if you leave a hundred year old man on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere <laughs> who doesn't have a phone he's dead he will but, get torn apart by birds yes but but he survives long enough to buy flowers to try to apologize to Homer. I love which, him mashing them through the mail slot. They look so oh, pathetic. I, <laughs> it's it's so great. But Homer Homer is right to ignore him. But I think also I love that this shows this is how cruelty is passed on from generation to generation. Oh, yeah. Is by, by being mad at your parent but not understanding you have similar faults. Homie, are you really going to ignore Grandpa for the rest of your life? Of course not, Marge. Just for the rest of his life. He said I was an accident. He didn't want to have me. You didn't want to have Bart. I know, but you're never supposed to tell the child. You tell Bart all the time. You told him this morning. But when I do it, it's cute. I love that. (laughs) But when I do it, it's cute. That, I mean, Bart does know that. And, like, I guess there's a difference between an accident that... Between a married couple accidentally has a couple and... This you were an accident in that I was forced to marry this person I wouldn't have married otherwise if they didn't have my child. That's that's also a plot in Rick and Morty. It's why Jerry is with uh, Beth. Beth yeah. is because he got her pregnant. As as Rick says, you put uh, ten cc's of failure into her, <laughs> and I've been stuck with you forever. And like, Lisa is the only planned child, right? 
Yes, yeah. Because they, in the episode where she's born, it's like you're going to have a little sister, and they're they're fine with the idea. But well, I mean, actually, Marge presents it as we're going to have. Uh, there's going to be twice as much love in this oh, house. Right. And Homer's like, we're going to be doing it twice. So it was it was a surprise to Homer too. All three were surprised. But Homer was happy about uh, Lisa, not so happy about Bart or Maggie. Yep, yeah. Those yeah. are the only though. Then again, and in Maggie Makes 3, there's an apocryphal that I will tear apart when we get to that episode. Oh, believe me, I know. <laughs> but the way Homer learns of all their pregnancies are wrong. They are misremembered. When he tears out a tear, that's like, that's not how it was in the other two flashbacks. It's, it's a good joke, though. It's a great joke, but I it, it destroys continuity. Boo, that... Uh, so I'm you've ruined your life. Now. Yes, yeah. So... Uh, it's also funny that they mention telling Bart stuff, and then they cut straight to Bart and his subplot, <laughs> basically just settling it. So finally, we're all in agreement about what's going on with the adults. Newhouse? <clears throat> okay, here's what we've got. The Rand Corporation, in conjunction with the Saucer People. Thank you. <laughs> under the supervision of the Reverse Vampires. <sighs> are forcing our parents to go to bed early in a fiendish plot to eliminate the meal of dinner. We're through the looking glass here, people. I love that. I love this, that line this honestly, so much. This honestly makes more sense than Pizzagate. It does. And it's it a absolutely good, does. It's a good observation that in order for all these nuts to get along, they have to begrudgingly acknowledge each other's conspiracy theories as, as a vast network. Yeah, just to work together like, fine, I recognize your fiction if you recognize my fiction. <laughs> and the uh, we're through the looking glass here, people. Hey. It's from JFK, and I have a clip from that. Oh, it's, a, it's a very minor line. We're talking about a crime, Bill, pure and simple. Y'all got to start thinking on a different level like the CIA does. Now, we're through the looking glass here, people. White is black, and black is white. And he, and that hand motion is the same one Mel has. Right, you're right. It's I just realized from that. JFK, which of course I didn't get at the time. Oh, neither did and I. And what I also didn't get is that's Kevin Costner just di- dispensing a conspiracy to both uh, Yondu and Newman from Seinfeld. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, there's a later scene in there oh. where I love the scene where Michael Rooker quits, mm-hmm. and he's just like. Make, he couldn't the conspiracy was getting too big for him and he couldn't believe it anymore and the way he says like how do you know who your daddy is because your mama told you so <laughs> I'm out of here just like that's he, he was basically saying there's a bedrock to existence and if you even question that then you can't believe anything, and it's just pure chaos. I like, like that Wayne Knight went on to be in a parody of JFK. Yes, that was beautiful. Yeah, a few years later and, on Seinfeld. So the Rand Corporation is a real thing, oh, yeah. and it is a government think tank that is at the center of a lot of conspiracies, and you can see that it's perfect for conspiracy-minded it's full people. It's globalist, Henry. It, it is. Uh, it, the Rand Corporation has existed since, like, post-World War II. Maybe they recruited some Nazis. <laughs> uh, but they, it was a post-World War II creation where it's a government-funded gr- think tank that hires the best and brightest in America to help come up with ideas. A lot of those ideas involved spying. But on the Ruskies, not Americans, right? they never do that. Uh, certainly not. And so a ton of PhD laureates were there. Like, all these people were there. Nobel Prize winners were, were there. John Nash of A Beautiful Mind was a member of the Rand Corporation. And the closest thing to a uh, reference in something is actually Dr. Strangelove himself. He is based on a oh. famous member of the Rand Corporation who this. had said publicly, even if we were to get in a nuclear apocalypse scenario against Russia, we would survive as long as we had just bunkers underground that people could live in. If you call that living... <laughs> And it, that's, it was things like that that made people 
distrust the Rand Corporation that they were just like, yeah, we thought of the apocalypse. Uh-huh. Like we've we've come up with those. We've made so. it manageable. <laughs> so in the real world, I would think the Rand Corporation probably has come up with lots of ideas how to do stuff. How how much the government executes it or not, that's another question. Probably more than you think, I would say. Mm. But uh, but yes, that that's that is what the Rand Corporation is still in operation. There's actually we are within um, miles of a Rand Corporation. Um, one of their outlets there. They're based in Santa Monica. That's where their headquarters is. But they also have a San Francisco branch that we could visit right now and be shot on site. Yeah, look forward to our upcoming interview on the Talking Simpsons Patreon. <laughs> but uh, I like that Bart's going through all that conspiracy stuff. Un- they have to put that to bed before Homer can try to be a better father, which uh, Homer and Grandpa are basically divorced now. And first off, I just love the scene of Grandpa and Barney on the road. It's just it's it's so funny that that's who he recruits. Another Dan Castellaneta voice character, too. And just feast your ears on this tantalizing testimonial from my own flesh and blood. The son who puts the fun in Simpson and Son, my son, Barney. I used to be a fat, disgusting slob. Uh, now, medicine seems to be giving your son a lot of gas. Yes. I assure you, his belching is the result of an unrelated alcohol problem. It just ain't the same without Homer. He knew how to drive a car. <laughs> yeah, so this is like the third time we've seen Barney as a bad stand-in for a celebrity or a needed person. So uh, we had him standing in as Krusty, Bart, and now Homer. He must work so cheap. Yeah. That he, and then, yeah, he was also, yeah, he on was Bart the Chat. Bart on Bart Chat. Uh, he, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. He just has to be so cheap. And he had to play the governor instead of the town drunk. It's like, how does Barney get all these jobs? Central like, casting works again. I would hope he's at least working for free. But I, I do love the way Grandpa just throws off, like, unrelated alcohol problem. <laughs> and uh, so then we get to see, well, first off, when Homer, when he decides he's going to be a better parent, he ignores Maggie completely. I love that joke. Yeah, she's gr- ba- you can barely see her behind his head. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a it's, nice reveal at the end, of the, uh, the end of the scene. I didn't get that in my first viewing, but... But then Homer is uh, his half-assed overparenting is is beautiful. I think I have gone through this with bouts of my father going like, "No, I'm going to be a good parent," and he only has the stamina for like a week, a week <laughs> at best, and then afterwards you just settle back into your old patterns <laughs> of neglect. Your very first bike. Number one, I know how to ride a bike. Number two, I already own a bike, and number three. That is a girl's bike. You're no girl. You're a boy. A good boy. You can be president. Scratch that. You will be president. (laughs) I think Lisa needs another push on her new tire swing. No, Dad. I want to get down. This tire is filthy and the steel belts are poking me. No! <laughs> no offense, Homer, but your half-assed underparenting was a lot more fun than your half-assed overparenting. But I'm using my whole ass. Uh, uh, so, yeah, yeah, Lisa covered in grease being, like, torn apart by, uh, what were they? Uh, steel belts. Steel belts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, like, poking her. Like, I've, I have been in the uh, tire swings that are really just an old tire. Like, ugh, this, yeah. this looked fun. It's horrible. Like, and, and that... The idea that Homer, one, didn't even know Bart knew how to ride a bike and owned his own bike 
it's it's that that level of just check outedness of home of of Bart's life that Homer doesn't even realize. Yeah, didn't do any research. Yes, and that that then Lisa Lisa can at least recognize like this is half-assed overparenting and it's it's scary love. Too it much too of your much. love can be scary. I, I like <laughs> that quote a lot. And they they they're just so used to him being raised by T them being raised by TV instead of Homer. They're just like please, like I would be that way too. Like like I know you maybe with both of my parents like. I'd rather watch TV. I kind of liked being uh, not paid attention to a Me lot too. of the time. I'd rather play video games. Like, this is outdoor and activity, mm-hmm. and it's no fun. Like, that Lisa and Bart just both accept, oh, yeah, he means drinking. He's yeah, yeah. Drink. Like, they, they know he means that. It's also kind of, the, kind of deflates Lisa. Yes, yes I yeah. thought so. Yes, I thought so too. They both Whoa. know that. And it's it's rather distracting too that the backyard tree is blue. It's <laughs> weird. It feels like an animation mistake that they just couldn't they couldn't do it. I uh, then meanwhile they oh, go tiny update. Mm-hmm. The hurricane knocked down my childhood tire tire swing, oh my and I'll goodness. never ever forgive oh, the man. hurricane global warming and uh, this administration for that. It's, it's finally gone too far. It's gone. Uh, it destroyed a 30-year-old tire swing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a pat ending, but I do like that they come back to the house where it's built, mm-hmm. where it's all a, the problems started. It's nice, like, storytelling symmetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though they don't notice two cars parked in the <laughs> yeah. middle of nowhere. Well, they're, they're very drive. He must have gotten a lift from Jasper or something. Yeah, <laughs> sir. Or he just kept walking from the Barney thing to go back home. I took a get-around. <laughs> <laughs> Here's where it all started to go wrong. How am I supposed to be a good dad when I never had one myself? <clears throat> oh, dad wasn't even around on Christmas morning when I actually got to meet Santa Claus. Some father. Wait a minute. Dad! Oh, this photo is a blessing. It eases my pain. <laughs> oh! 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 <laughs> it's touching that Homer's uh, ha- positive memory burns down his house and destroys all of his past. Yeah, meanwhile, Abe is uh, throwing the tonic into the fire. The highly <laughs> uh, flammable tonic. Yes. I love He's like, you've done all the damage you're going to do. And then it almost kills him. <laughs> and though, actually, I can identify a bit with Homer's misremembering of meeting Santa Claus. Like, I've had that moment as a kid of, or, as, as a older person. I won't say adult, but... I was just saying, like, yeah, and then there was a time Santa Claus dropped off all my presents while I was on vacation. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Everything you ever got for Christmas is the result of the parents you may or may not like, Henry. Yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) but it was just that realization, like, that you'd always assumed in your head it was Santa Claus until you just talked through it out loud. You're like, oh, wait, no, my parents did that. Or they they made that happen. That's great. They put me on the lap of a strange man in the mall. (laughs) (laughs) Why would they do that? And though I also think Abe doing that one nice thing and pretending to be Santa Claus, maybe it shows that he did other nice things Homer doesn't remember. But I'd say overall Abe was a bad parent, just as Homer was a bad parent. They were both bad parents. Or are bad parents. And uh, though it is it is kind of a touching ending, I will say. I like of, the ending. Of parental, you know, reconnection. I'm a screw-up. I burned down our house. No, I'm a screw-up. I burned down our house. You know what? What? We're both screw-ups. It doesn't matter. What matters is you were right when you told me I never said anything nice about you. No. Are you going to say something nice now? Well, I hadn't thought that far ahead. Ah. Okay, here it goes. 
I'm not sorry I had you, son. I was always proud that you weren't a short man. Oh, Dad. <laughs> what do you say we roll out of grass, son? I'm with you, Dad. Great, great ending. I like how all there's kind of like three stories going on in this episode, and they all get resolved in a satisfying way. Yeah, they're not, they're not yeah. just left lingering. I mean, that really, that ending, hearing it again there just really gets me of saying, you've never said a nice thing, and then Homer just has to settle for like a terrible compliment. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you weren't short. Short, man. That's like, aw, dad. Like, and, That's the best he can get. Yeah. And class, on the observations of classical hand-drawn animation, something mm-hmm. the new show can't really do, the fire in this is mm. so luminescent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's it's, an actual light effect. Yeah, it looks really do. cool. It's really gorgeous. Mm. It is. Like, the, them being backlit by the fire in front of them, and it, it makes it even more powerful, the, you know, symbolic scene of the them making up while their old house is destroyed. Yeah, like all the old memories are being burned away, and hopefully mm. they can start over on a new foot. They won't. No, they, that's <laughs> they never the, will. So that is the problem in general of taking this as reality, of, like, the realization that you and an apparent that you don't like are both flawed can lead to a nice reconciliation but central to that is forging a better relationship with that parent and that is not what homer and abe do neither actually learn something from it and abe is senile enough that i get it that (laughs) why he wouldn't learn something but homer just he doesn't learn something he is a terrible parent onward from this episode and I guess he just learned that, like, not to be as intense and not to try as hard because it scares the kids. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, passive parenting is the best, yes, is my opinion. Yeah. I, uh, just stand back. It's like, it's as Sun Tzu said, the best kind of king is one you don't even realize. My, my dream parenting situation involves me meeting a 15-year-old who alleges to be my son. <laughs> that is, I really Somebody want that to happen. Somebody did all the Oh, yes. Uh, go back in time and sell that script to Paramount. And, uh, <laughs> I think that starring me instead of Adam Shane. Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me of the Robin Williams Billy Crystal classic Father's, Father's Day. Day. Mm. Yeah. I prefer My Giant. <laughs> <laughs> Much better movie. So yes, this has been Talking Simpsons. I've been your host, Bob oh, Mackey. Oh. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts every Monday. And occasionally on Friday, we have episodes for you all about classic gaming. Just go to Retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast device. I think you'll like it. Everybody else, jump in. H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter is where you'll find me. And that's where I tweet about new releases from the Patreon and other Talking Sims and stuff. And obviously, if you are not a Patreon subscriber, you really should be because you would have heard this episode a week early and without ads, as well as of other extras like Talking Critic uh, exclusively on there. A ton of interviews, special videos like all three of us watching the original shorts that started The Simpsons which uh, have aged beautifully. They all look great. <laughs> uh, and so many more things. Uh, and, uh, I, I never say, I'm Cantiste on Twitter and as I just got an alert from Tank Rizzo, am I the only person that likes to imagine Kirk Van Houten as the guy singing uh, in Len Steal My Sunshine? Ah, <laughs> uh, I was lying on the beach. That's that Sunday morning. <laughs> if we meet Hank Azaria, we have to get him to do that into a microphone. Uh, oh, it so makes weird. me laugh so much. And uh, we do a bunch of other shows, LazerTimePodcast.com. We just launched a brand new show in honor of October being the Halloweeniest month around. Uh, an Elm Street Nightmare with me and Woo. my buddy Lizzie Cuevas. We'll great. be breaking down every single uh, Friday the 13th movie except the remake. 
or maybe we'll do that. I'm not going to say. There might be other Patreon rewards for folks out there, but I uh, should check that out every Tuesday uh, before this show airs. Laser awesome. Time Monday, and I'm Street Nightmare Tuesday. This show Wednesday. Uh, we can uh, fill all your time with that stuff, guys. And then thirty twenty ten Thursday. Yeah. And then VGA Fridays. Fine. Well, what am I to do on the weekend? And uh, <laughs> patreoncom slash We have an exclusive show every Tuesday. I understand if you don't need this much of me in your life. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with Fear of Flying. We'll see you then. infotainment.